This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You are listening to episode seven of Flixwatcher podcast. I'm Helen. And I'm Kobe. On this episode of the podcast, we have Dave and Jen from the Family Tree podcast, which is a mad, surreal story drama podcast. I, I can't explain it. Just go and listen. It's amazing and crazy and superb. Today, we're going to be talking about The Little Prince, the Netflix original animation based off the classic kids book, which I've never heard of before. So thank very you. Very famously. Come find us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod. Visit the website FlixWatcher.tv for full listings. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us an awesome review. Just as a bit of a warning, there is some bad language and there will be spoilers. You have been warned. Hi and welcome to this edition of Flix Watcher. And today we are joined by Dave and Jen. If you want to say hi, introduce yourselves and tell us where we can find you. Right, so uh, my name's... Dave Pickering. I make a podcast called Getting Better Acquainted, which is a show where I talk to my closest friends and families from my like my parents and uh, people in my who are very close to me to someone who I might have once bumped into at a party and then decide to get them on my show and talk to them about their lives and their experiences. And I've been doing that for around five years when I decided to, to make a spin-off podcast uh, that was uh, a taking my brand, if you like, of being a kind of uh, open and honest person and flipping it on my head, uh, on the head and uh, basically making a show that's a bunch of lies. Uh, <laughs> and that is, uh, that I do with the other guest who's here today, who is? Hi, I'm Jen Adams-White and I'm the other half of that project, which is The Family Tree, which you can find at thefamilytreepodcast.co.uk. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, and uh, yeah, Jen is my partner in real life, but also my podcast partner in crime. Uh, and she is hardly heard at all in the in the family tree, but she's a massive part of it. Unfortunately, the way we've run that show is that it's quite unclear that anybody else is involved in it apart from me. Uh, so it is very necessary to say that as many times as possible. <laughs> Talk us through why you chose Little Prince and the synopsis of what happens in it. Okay, so I chose The Little Prince because... It's a book that I remember from my childhood. I actually don't remember so much reading the book originally uh, as uh, hearing the book as a, as a story tape. Uh, I think it was Willie Russell or somewhere like that, uh, reading it out. And it had, so it had a very big place in my heart and I did read the book as well. And then I saw that uh, Netflix was bringing out The Little Prince and I thought, well, I have to see that. I also have a, a big love of... Uh, children's animation if you like although I don't know if, if, if animation should necessarily have the word children's I don't think it needs it. to uh, and certainly The Little Prince the book and the, the film I think uh, say a lot of things to adults um, but the synopsis of the film is different from the synopsis of the book uh, in that in the film they've created a new character of a little girl uh, in the kind of modern times who is very adult in the way that she is taught by her mum to engage with the world uh, and she learns about the little the little prince and the story of the little prince through the 
character who, who's in the book of The Aviator. And in the book, basically, the book, it's a story about uh, a little boy who is kind of ignored, his creativity is ignored, and then when he becomes an adult, he crashes a plane in a desert and he meets the little prince and the little prince kind of teaches him as a man how to feel like a child again. Uh, and in this film, what happens is he, as a man, teaches a child how to be a child when she's kind of forgotten how to be a child. Uh, basically, I think that's a, it's a synopsis. It might not be a right synopsis, but it's a synopsis. Well, it works. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the film. I mean, I, I didn't know. I've never heard of this book before. Right. I don't know. I don't know how, what, have you guys heard? Of, have you read it I, before? I, I've never read it, but I had heard of it. So, sort of when I heard it, it was like, it's like, oh, so they've made a film version of it. But, like you say, it's sort of the version is within another story. Yeah. So it's kind of not an actual version of the book, page for page. Yeah. It's, I mean, you get the story yeah. of the Little Prince in this in the, film. Yeah. There are some bits that are kind of different, but not very much. And the Little Prince, the original book is quite kind of serious and, and, and philosophical and kind of uh, pretty deep and certainly sad. Um, and this film had a lot of that in, but the modern stuff made, I think, in a nice way, took some of the edge off that sadness, I think. It had a okay. le little less sadness in this film than the actual original book. So do you think it kind of augmented it slightly? Or were you initially annoyed that there's this girl character and her mum occupying so much time in the in the story or were you kind of thinking well that's an interesting question yeah i think i spent the first 20 minutes of the film going okay what are they doing like yeah. not not in that i didn't like it yet i was just like hedging my bets like i don't want to commit to this because i don't really know where they're going with it and then like around 20 minutes in, i was like no this is actually i feel like this is a safe pair of hands and i could actually relax into this and actually enjoy what it's trying to do and it it, you know, it, I think it's really important as well. I mean, I, I read a little bit about it on Wikipedia um, after watching it, and you know, the the, the, the director decided to make it a, a girl character because there's not enough representation of girls in in film, and I, I totally support that. And mm. you know, the, the little people, the young people in my life are all, all you know nieces, majority of the, them in my family, so I really want them to be represented on screen. So I was wicked uh, excited about that element of it. Um, <laughs> But uh, and and I think that the, you know it 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 it's not a problem at all to have that double uh, kind. And also, what's nice about it is, of course, there is also a boy. I mean, the, the little prince is a boy. So yeah. there's there's plenty of representation for for two uh, two of the many genders. What were your thoughts, Jen? Um, I had I had like Helen read uh, heard of the book, but didn't didn't really know it. Um, I thought I knew it. I thought I knew the story, but it turned out I was getting confused with the selfish giant. So it was um, <laughs> it was completely new to me. Um, so I was just kind of knowing the hearing the story for the first time, and I and I really enjoyed it. I don't know if I I wouldn't say it wasn't a kids film, but I didn't really feel like it was particularly particularly a kids film. Do you know what I mean? It sort of seemed to speak to adults. I felt like it was quite an adult story that it was telling, or a story about childhood for adults, perhaps. Right, and you work with kids, and so that's kind of like a good perspective like that you've got of like whether the, whether this is going to work for the age group it's supposed to be aimed at i guess i'm not i'm not sure what what age group is it supposed to be aimed at do you think oh i don't know i mean i assume anyone sort of you know five and up i guess yeah. it's probably it's a family film yeah, yeah, isn't it? yeah, so it's maybe supposed it's to a... <clears throat> appeal to adults too i think that's you know it's a, the, the classic as well uh, the book in itself will be remembered by quite old adults uh, now I don't think it's so 
like you know i'm 35 but i think adults who are older than me will probably get even more of a kick out of the the words the little prince than than i do but I mean, what do you what for primary school kids? Do you think they'll get much out of it? I guess. Well, I think I think they would probably get something out of it. But I think children. I think it, maybe the pace is a little bit different than what children expect from films now. I think children, a lot of sort of I don't know the Pixar and the Disney. The the pace is a bit different. The, this felt not slow. It, it did feel a little bit long, but that might be because I was expecting it to be in two parts, and so I kept thinking. We haven't even ended the first part yet, and I don't know why I thought it was. Why did I think it was going to be? I don't know parts? why you did that. No. I thought it was two parts anyway. <laughs> so I kept thinking the first part was going to end, and and it never did. So I was thinking, oh my god, it's going to be really, really long. Um, so maybe that was me that brought that in. But I didn't feel like it was. Maybe because it flips in between the paper animation and the. Um, and the CGI. The CGI. Yeah, and there's there's two animation styles. There's no, no bit of traditional animation in there as well. That's. Yeah. The, yeah. At the very beginning. Yeah. There's that, isn't there? Yeah, so I think that maybe it sort of felt like, you know, waves rather than something with a lot of momentum behind and, it. And, those, and that, those waves are quite true to the original book as well because the original book, I would say, is a kind of a graphic novel. There's, like, words and then there's the pictures. And I feel like this, this film had, like, the, the CGI and then there's the pictures. And so that kind of, like, felt like that was quite true to the way that the experience of reading the book is. That's pretty interesting, that. I mean, what... As uh, someone who works with kids, so you work at the primary school, do you? Yeah, yeah. How, because I was kind of wondering, in terms of the pacing, in terms of how kids might receive this film, um, did they, do you think they would engage with the, the girl character in a, would they sympathise with her, or they think, oh no, she's not, she's not one of us, because she's set up as being, her mum's been putting on so much pressure on her to perform. I think they might, I think that might be something that they pr perhaps could relate to. I think children like... Uh, a hard done by child. I definitely <laughs> did when I was right. little, and like you know, Annie think or of right. yeah, yeah. Or, Charlie. or even Charlie like the chocolate, yeah. chocolate factory. Yeah, even Harry Potter <clears throat> in his cupboard before he goes to. Yeah. I think children have that melodramatic streak, and they want to identify with. You know, it might be it, it might be that they there is something big that they can identify with, but it might just be that you know that they're just feeling oppressed by their parents, and it's nice to identify with somebody you feel is kind of hard done by so i think there's that and there's also the, the there is a lot of pressure in school to you know with with tests and and often especially in london actually parents put quite a lot of pressure on their children to sure. do well and go to whatever school they're thinking of so i think perhaps they could relate to that too so i definitely think there's stuff in there for them i mean i definitely think it speaks to adults a lot though because it is about about being how rubbish it is to be an adult and how rubbish it is to be an adult before your time and i mean the and the, the original book you know is is about like how we 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 crush creativity like when you draw a, a picture adults go that's not a real that's not a real thing yeah and you're drawing what's in your imagination and i think it brought out those themes really well i think the the film in general went to loads of different places that i wasn't expecting but i had quite a lot of experiences of like I, I just really like it when, you know, things all kind of get sp spun around. Like, I, I really like the, there's, there's, when there's kind of, there's scenes where there's glow stars on the wall of, on the walls of her bedroom. Yeah. So that's her kind of like secret rebellion. That's her like acting her out, child, isn't it? Childhood. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and I like those kind of moments. And I like when they, those, they, they came back later on. I, I, I had those when I was a kid. Right. I used to, I used to yeah, love those too. so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Simple things when you know back in the 80s, 
Yeah, but it, what was nice about it was that it was a secret, like it was oh, her, her secret, yeah, for her, for her, yeah. her context, yeah. because her mum didn't know about it and she kind of had this kind of secret life uh, around it. And I guess, yeah, I mean, I think there's another, it felt very Roald Dahl as well, I think. So I hope that that is something that kids would respond, like yes, would enjoy. Yes, I think that's true. Like the aviator character is, is kind of like Willy Wonka or something in that he's not very safe. Like in modern terms as well, like this is a little girl just wandering through a hedge into an old man's house. There's something quite creepy about that if you take it the wrong way. And the old, the old man had previously, earlier on in the film, like destroyed part of the house with, right. a, with a propeller blade. Right. <laughs> so why, yeah, so rightly the mother was like, well, you're not going to hang out with that guy. Right. Because he's insane. Yeah. <laughs> but then there's that kind of the, the precocious child wanting to see what's in the side of the, of the hedge. There's a, there's a plane in there. Of course, you're going to be interested as a child if you've got any kind of imagination, you've got any kind of free spirits in there. And it, it was kind of actually nice to see that there was... Because at the start of the film, she's sitting at an audition or interview to go into a school. And she seemed really kind of taken by the her mum's position of wanting to perform really well to go, go into school. So you kind of thought... That's why I asked Jen about the question whether kids would uh, empathise with that kind of character whereby she seems like a bit of a stick in the mud. <laughs> so at this point, when she goes through the hedge, it's kind of everyone seeing that she has got something, a spark about her. Right. And that was, I thought that was really cool yeah. in, in seeing that and rebelling against her mum and, and things like that. Yeah, and, and like in the original book, the kind of the death of the death within the original book is the death of the little prince, which spoiler alert, you know, is retold in this in this film. But like what I liked about this film as well is that it wasn't just about kind of coming to terms with death. It was also coming to terms with age as well as like adulthood. Like it was all about like the old man, you know, he doesn't die in the film, no. but the, you know, he's heading towards death and she is coming to terms with the idea that she actually becomes more adult as she's allowed to be more of a child. The more she's allowed to have her imagination, the more responsibility she takes for like actually being there for this man. I mean, those are some of the bits I really like. Like when she like jumps on the bike and chases after yeah, the ambulance and doesn't that care. Was pretty, it's like, pissing, it, it's pissing right. the rain and she's disobeying her mother. And and she's just going against all adult rules in yeah. that moment because she loves and cares about this person and she feels like she's let him down by not being there for him. And that that's a really adult decision to make, but it's a really dangerous decision to make if you're a child because there's you know, you're not safe. You're just riding on a bike in the rain after an ambulance, you know? I mean, so those were the moments where I was like really taken in, I guess, and, and really engaged. Um, I, I th kind of thought it was interesting when um, I heard you'd chosen this because obviously the book is so old um, right. that there'd not been um, at least a more prominent version or even a version of it, which I think kind of watching this is kind of, I don't think it's particularly works well as trying to bring to life because like you say, you know, some of the pages are mainly illustrations. Um, and I, I really like what they've tried to do with it. But as a kid's film, I think it's a little bit confused. I think if I was watching this and I was a child, maybe six or seven, I'd probably find it a little bit confusing. No, I agree with that. And it's it loses a bit of coherence. And the bit where we kind of leave the book and we leave the aviator sort of telling the story with her, that's when it starts to get just a little bit more sort of confusing. And I that's where I kind of waned interest a little bit because I really loved the bringing the book to life with all the animations and kind of like the sort of stop animation look that it had and I think that kind of worked well but 
once the aviator leaves and we go on to sort of the third part of the story yeah. as it is it, i i could kind of see what it was trying to do but i don't think it quite achieved it in a way that the earlier parts of the film achieved those things that you were saying yeah i mean it made a very strange decision in that in that third act of, of having the little prince come back to life as well like or, i mean for a bit a anyway. sort of a, a random kind of nobody who's just you know, not a pen pusher because he's right, a cleaner, he'd but grown he's... up and all of that stuff, which I felt like I, I, I did like that, and I, in some ways, like I liked what the, it, it, it goes a bit Brazil basically, like in the third act, and 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 I like Brazil, and I like the politics and the philosophical messages of that third act but it definitely was a bit more confused than the other stuff and i definitely would would that's i guess that's my reservation for this for this film for for children not for adults i think i would recommend it to lots of adults but i don't know i don't know like i, I can't imagine watching it with any of my nieces even if they are represented by the fact that there's a woman a girl in it <laughs> you know i think that third act almost feels like you know when you get sort of the, they do it with kids films a lot you get the first film which was excellent and they make a second film and then they're almost just on too much of a high and then they make the third one and the third one just as <laughs> right just Shrek's killed me. yeah right <laughs> <laughs> so you think they so did I that think... all in one film i yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And, uh, which which makes it sound like I hated the third act, and I didn't. And there were things about the ending that I liked, but I agree that it was a little bit more confusing at the end, and it it lost some of the some of what was good about the first couple of bits in that third. Yeah, I think bit. in the third act, the real world stuff is 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 still great. Yes. I like the real world stuff in the third act a lot, but when it becomes kind of this metaphysical journey, that's when it. Those are the bits that don't don't land so well. Yeah. Although I did really enjoy the fox in the third act, where the fox sort of comes, gets his little personality and. Oh yeah, the little the the, yeah. the toy fox you're yeah, talking about, yes. the cuddly toy. Oh that yeah, was yeah. Nice. Fox. that was yeah. really nice. But that was, what was nice about that was because it was from the real world, and then it became alive. Yeah, like, that was what was nice about it. So, do you think we are kind of spoilt nowadays by Ardman, Pixar, and the recent crop of Disney films that? The Little Prince doesn't get much of a look in nowadays, or how does it kind of? Yeah, that's is, an interesting. Is, is it fair to judge it under those same terms? I mean, I think it's definitely a different kind of a film, and I do love a lot of modern day animation, mm -hmm. but not just the not just Aardman and, and Pixar. Also, you know, Studio uh, Ghibli. Exactly. Say, aren't you? I knew you were going to say that. I mean, <laughs> and, and actually, you know, like I can see Studio Ghibli taking this uh, story. I mean, I'd love to see The Little Prince done by Murasaki. I think that would be a, a <laughs> that would be a brilliant combination. I think the little prince has the same kind of weird philosophical philosophical moments where things kind of happen in weird ways. But I think yeah, I think this this is it it's not going to compete with those films very well. I don't know if we're spoiled like I think it's it's great. Like I don't feel like it's a bad thing like, no. that we've got too much uh, animation. Although I think that we maybe tend to um expect one thing from children's films in a way that we don't from adult films like we're, we're much more likely to categorize adult films into different genres and accept that this is one kind of film and this is another kind of film and i don't think we do that so much with children's films right i mean that's a good point actually this is like an art film that's a fair kids, point isn't actually it? isn't it you know so when we, we me and helen know each other through going to the film quiz together and one of the questions was last night about um pixar's been nominated for 10 uh, animation oscars but is animation a genre? Right. It's just yeah. a type of storytelling, just, isn't it? Yeah, and it just tends to be that it's always kind of, you know, it's automatically 
all the bigger children's films from that year are sort of banded up together and put into there, whereas shouldn't it be that they kind of get entered into more of a category rather than yeah. just because yeah. it's animated? And then often lots of smaller animation films or perhaps a foreign animation don't really get a look in and it's, you know, eight out of ten Pixar films have, you know, won the best animated film, which doesn't really leave much of a space for, for, anyone, else. for anyone else in there, really. But, but also then, with Pixar, we've got yeah. to a point where it's not even consistent. I don't think Pixar films are consistent anymore. Like, there are still brilliant Pixar films that are made, but there's been enough mediocre or bad ones now that it's not even like you definitely know that Pixar's going to be good, but you do know it's going to sell out the box office, mm. which is an unfortunate position for it to have got to because it was so refreshing when Pixar... Started. So over-reliance on sequels now, right. which is obviously probably, I'd say, is the main problem with Pixar, that something becomes popular. We don't need two, three, four versions of it. No. You know, right. Pick something original or, you know, something like this, you know, reinvent. Because they did a lot of um, classic children's stories like The Little Mermaid. Um, see all those stories like that. It would have been interesting to see, you know, what they might have done with this as an animation. In fact, I'm kind of surprised that maybe they didn't have a go at animating it. Just with a, yeah. I'm surprised that Disney didn't take yeah. it on ages mm. ago because it is a classic, isn't it? And so it is a surprise that it's not been made. It's got no princess. Right, but still, it's a prince. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess that's that's true. You know, it's, uh, also the director of this is uh, um, Mark Osborne who um, is responsible for Kung Fu Panda. Right. Oh, really? I looked yeah. that up and I haven't, we haven't yeah. seen Kung Fu Panda either of us so we were talking about like what's it like? Like have you guys seen it? Kung Fu Panda? Yeah, yeah I've seen the first one. Yeah, I've seen the first one. But wasn't that interested in seeing subsequent ones. Right, so it wasn't very good. That's my no, feeling. Is no, it? I, I oh, thought it was yeah, really yeah, good. Yeah, it's, it's oh, is it? It's good. Or not? For Kung Fu Panda films. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's not up there with Toy Story but you know, it's, you know, it's, Perfectly enjoyable right. animated film about right. a panda that knows kung fu. When you're talking about sequels, I'm all I'm all for a continuation of the story and a continuation of hanging out with those same kind of characters. So, I know Toy Story Four is coming out, and I' a bit concerned because you know the previous three have been absolute knockouts. Uh, and but they felt really like a trilogy as yeah, well because you, you know kind I of feel like together in that I'm way. a bit nervous. I didn't know about this, but now I'm nervous. But if it does, <laughs> you know, if it does all come together, I'll be 100 percent behind it. I but, don't, I don't really see how the story can go on for any more. But you know, that's for them to sort out. But when when it comes to Kung Fu Panda, I really did really like the first one. But when I heard the second one was coming out, I just kind of went, ah, oh, I don't really care that much. Right. I don't know if that's a again being spoiled by. Disney. I wasn't. I didn't care that much for Shrek Two. I, I hated see, Shrek Two. I, I loved Shrek One, and I was so disappointed by Shrek Two. I didn't see. I didn't see the Shrek Three. I, I I don't really have that much interest in Shrek. I think. I think a problem with what's happened to children's films is that they've kind of gone too far in kind of making them appeal to adults, and that everything kind of has to be like an in joke, or there has yeah. to be a, another layer on it, which this didn't. The Little Prince didn't have. They no, didn't feel true. as though they needed to appeal to that wink, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. This joke's for adults, or mm. this is the popular course, you know, popular culture reference, or you know, here's the the pop song with the dance sequence in, which seems to be in every kind of kids' film. So, and I think this a is successful quite... ch children's story does appeal to adults anyway by the fact that it's a successful story yeah. mm. with good characters. And once you start being too knowing about it and putting all those jokes in. 
it doesn't mean anything. Well, I think it depends. But I think all of that is dependent on the film, though, because like as Zootopia or Zootropolis, as we're calling it over here for some reason, uh, I I really enjoyed that film, and I thought that the adult kind of nudge nudge wink wink elements of it were great. And I think that it's great that I like the idea of people sort of sitting down as a family and being able to enjoy it on lots of different levels. And I don't think that when it's done well. I don't think it distracts from the the quality of the children's storytelling part. But then, if you look at traditional kind of Roald Dahl, Matilda wasn't nudged. No, wasn't nudged. No, sure. Went to. So I don't think I, I can agree with you. It doesn't need to be. Don't shouldn't be forced to try and appeal to a lot more broader market just to get the parents to take the kids to the cinema so the parents know they don't have to. That's true. Be engaged. But I think when they do, when it's done well, it's yeah. like well, you know, a round of applause. You, you've actually as you grow up with the film, you'll see different things in it. Yeah. And I think that's a really cool way of doing it. And actually, I think, to be fair to Zootopia, the, the, <laughs> the nudge, nudge, wink, wink element of that was about much more general kind of cultural things that I think kids will also have got a lot of those sure. references as well. So, like, that's the other thing. Like, sometimes we underestimate what kids pick up and what kids get anyway. A lot of them will be laughing uh, at the references, even if it's just because they've seen The Simpsons and so they know where all the references that The, Sim- you know, the Simpsons gives you all of the film references for adults for the last 50 years. Yeah. So if you've seen The Simpsons, you can get most other jokes. <laughs> I think one of my favourite kids' films has been of recent years, or animations. I don't know what genre we want to put it into, but it was um, How to Train Your Dragon. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but I think... Seen it. I, I, yeah. I have seen it. How to Train Your Dragon 1 and 2. And I just thought they, were, they weren't pandering to adults, but it's just, I think it's one of the most beautiful animations I've seen. And on the big screen, it's absolutely awesome. But there wasn't the kind of the typical Pixar of, you know, here's a joke with mum and dad. Um, It was just kind of a a solid story of of kids growing up with dragons. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that's quite a good example as well of of a slightly more adult way of looking at film as well, because that one's a lot about the landscape and it's very beautiful. It's it's absolutely stunning. Which you often don't get in... It's often about... I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but often children's films are more about the characters and... Uh, maybe the world but in quite a broad brushstroke kind of way there's less of that kind of deep world going on behind it and it's, that, was, that is nice in How to Train Your Dragon I think mm. that there's much more of a sense of place yeah I did quite like the casting in this um, I was going to say yeah. um, oh, who was the casting? Well, oh, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Bridges. Bridges the aviator which, oh nice I've always uh, got time I, for I, Jeff I think that's partly why I sort of lost a little bit of interest is after he's gone I, I just kind of felt a lot of the magic was lost with him going and you know, it, this is how great he is. I do love Jeff Bridges. <laughs> it's just with his voice, he manages to just to bring so much to it, to this quite small role. He's, you know, the character's not really in it that much. And just, you know, with that, I just really love that. I thought that was a really inspired bit of casting with the, you know, use of a voice. Yeah. I, I can't, yeah, I can't think of a Jeff Bridges performance I haven't loved. Like, even if it's been a terrible film, I've always loved him. Tron Legacy. <laughs> I haven't seen that, but I can imagine oh, that's what, a terrible film. What's wrong with that? <laughs> it, I mean, Tron itself is a is a is a chronic film, but um, I quite like Tron. Like it's I got say. a special place yeah. in my heart, but I do agree it's not necessarily. A, I wouldn't recommend it as a well-made film, but it's still it's a it's got a place yeah, in my heart. Yeah, I, I think maybe there's a, another different episode for Tron Tron chat. <laughs> Tron Tron Legacy. But the other thing about the casting in The Little Prince is apparently. I was, again, I was reading on Wikipedia about it, and the Little Prince is played by the son of the director. 
Uh, and originally, when when he was came up with the with the adaptation, he wanted the girl to be his daughter as well. But by the time it came into production, his daughter had grown too old to sound like a child anymore. Okay. Um, but that's quite that was quite a nice little detail that I, I thought, yeah, that's that's interesting. I don't know if it added anything or took anything away. Yeah, from I, the I think all I think all those things kind of show that, f- for whatever reason, uh, the director obviously was deeply in love with this project right. and kind of wanted to make it feel as special and as magical as possible. So I think that comes across in, you know, the way it's put together, the choice of casting and just, you know, it feels very much like, you know, this is his project. He loves this story yeah. and has really just thought, I want more people to know about it. And, you know, if you watch this and then go off and read the book, then that's kind of, you know, or you've learned a lesson. It just really feels like a, something that he's genuinely got an interest in, not simply because, oh, no, here's the next film I'm making or, you know, I'm going to make some money off it. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. apparently he had a briefcase which he would open up and had it had all of the the pages of the like like a basically a picture book that he'd made of the film that he would open up when he was pitching it and taking it around everywhere he went and trying to get people interested in the project so i think you're you're absolutely right that comes across i feel like and maybe that's why it's a little bit inaccessible as well because when you love something so much sometimes you you don't necessarily communicate it to everybody else as well who else was in the cast was it just Jeff Bridges of, of Note and, oh. and director's son? I know Ricky Gervais was in there. Yeah, yeah Ricky Gervais, Gervais was in there. Um, just trying to think that I did look. I can't remember who the the fox. I think the fox was James Franco. Oh, that's right. right that's yeah. right. Yeah. And was was uh, Marianne Cotillard? Didn't she it? was the rose. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So the, the yeah even even with the voices, I mean, it's well cast in in that way. Um, I think, yeah, it's a think proper A list really well, cast yeah. of, of voice talent. So, should we go to <laughs> scores? Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't yeah. say the word, Helen. Recommendability. It's <laughs> <laughs> first up. So, um, on a scale of one to five, how much would you recommend this film? I mean, that's, it's tough because I, I would recommend it differently to children or to adults, but I guess kind of going somewhere in the middle. I guess two. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so because. I'd recommend it to quite a lot of adults, but I would recommend it to not very many children. So it has to like even out somewhere in the middle. So I think I'm going to go for maybe three. Okay, let's go for three. Yeah, I, I, feel say, I think, I think you like it more than... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, do <laughs> like the film. I do like the film. I would recommend it to some people. Jen? Yeah, I think I would also go three, actually. Um, I think it. I enjoyed lots of things about it. I think it's quite a beautiful film, but I don't think I'd go out of my way probably to recommend it specifically, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I'm a three. Um, I certainly wouldn't kind of recommend it to children, but I would recommend it to anyone who has, has read the book and is, you know, has enjoyed the book or at least has some interest in the book to see it. And I'd kind of recommend it to anyone who has a real interest in animation as well, because there's a lot of different elements of animation in it. And yeah. it's, you know, there are some really, really beautiful moments in it. But um, yeah, so three, yeah. three in that one. I think it's a, a three, a clean sweep of threes here. Yeah. A nice film and... <laughs> I did. I think the animation, the, the three different animations in the same film, had me kind of engrossed in it in the most kind of way. I think the stock frame stuff. I really, I'm really into stock frame animation. Animation at the moment. Why can't I say animation today? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> Repeat viewing score. Help me out. <laughs> right. Okay. So this is. Will I watch it again? I mean, I think I'm going to go for a three, like steadily. Like I would watch it again for sure, but I. I, you know, I've only got so much time in my life. So, uh, yeah, three. 
Yeah, me too. I think I'm going to go three. I would watch it again, but I wouldn't go out of my way to probably. I'm going to give it a one. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't watch it again. I got a little bit distracted towards the end, and I don't know. I think if I if I had more of a passion towards the book, I'd probably feel more inclined to to rewatch it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it didn't really grab me. I'm going to go for a two because I yeah I, I really I I did like it, but not so much as to. It's like you say, I've only got so much time and, you know, Netflix has got lots of Disney films on there versus this. Yeah. Lion King, I don't know if Lion King's on there, but so many Disney films, I'm happy to watch at the drop of a hat. Oh, I'd take Frozen over this any day of the week. Yeah, so the the Frozen test, the Frozen benchmark, the small screen score, did you feel the need to, would you have benefited from watching this in the cinema? Well, I mean, again, well, not again, but we, we watched this uh, and then just paused it in the middle and had a cup of tea and then watched the end. Uh, so I like I like it more, I think, for a small screen because I wouldn't have been able to do that in the cinema. <laughs> and uh, I mean, for a cin- cause that's the thing for a cinema for a film to really for me what for me to want to go and see a film in the cinema it has to kind of call out to me as a cinematic experience. Yeah. Although this film has got a lot of beautiful different styles, so I guess it would be interesting to see on a big screen in in that respect. It doesn't. It didn't. It's not like a, a full body experience, you no. know, like it's not. So, yeah, I would go for uh, four, I guess. Yeah, because I think it's quite good for small screen watching. It's kind of difficult to compare when you haven't seen it on a big screen. I think I would have quite liked to have seen the paper animation in the cinema. But overall, on the whole, I don't, don't think it really lost anything by not being in the cinema. So I'll go, yeah, I'll go four, two. I'm going to do about a three. Um, I mean, it wor- it works on a little screen, but then I don't, I mean, it would have been nice to see it on a slightly bigger screen. But yeah, it kind of works. And I guess with the sort of length as well, if you are sort of watching it with younger children, then having the ability to kind of pause it is uh, is beneficial, I think. Right. Yeah, I'm going to go for four. I don't, I'd, if I watched it again, I don't think I'd even slightly consider going to the cinema to, to watch it again. It would be a whole kind of Netflix thing. Yeah. And if you had kids who were like eight or nine-ish in your house, random nieces or nephews, and wanted to put give them something, then that might be an option. Yeah. I mean, that is the good thing about the internet and children's films <laughs> as a combination. Engagement score, guys. How, how engaged were you during this film? Um, Allowing for the tea breaks, of course. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's it. Like, I think... Yeah, I think I was engaged, so I'm going to say four, but I think that's probably going to be a high score, I reckon, but we'll see uh, what everyone else thinks. I think I'd go three. I was relatively engaged, but I was also mind-wandering in a way that I'm not always in films, so I think it wasn't as immersive as it would need to be for a higher score for me. Yeah, I'm a three. I mean, for the first sort of hour or so, I was, you know, pretty into it, and then sort of lost a little bit of interest um, and st- decided I was going to sort of read about it more and just kind of <laughs> find out what who is the going cast on were in this film? I'm and watching, a little yeah. bit more about the book <laughs> and just got a little bit distracted on that so uh, three but I, you know I, I stuck with it towards the end yeah. so it kind of came back in towards the end but yeah three I think I'm a three maybe two and a half I kind of waxed and waned throughout the film and I think my favourite bit post um my favorite bit actually was the when she got the bike and she just cycled as hard as she could with all her heart yeah, just yeah, on yeah. her sleeve. And I thought for me that was a, that was the best bit of the film. And I was about three quarters of the way through. Even when there's stuff, there's kind of stuff in the warehouse, wasn't there? 
I wasn't that. I don't know. That just didn't really grab me that much. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, so it kind of waxed and waned during the film. So I'll give it a two and a half. Um, and that gives us a full, you know, a score of 3.0 exactly. Yeah, I'd say a solid, uh, solid three star film, I think, if yeah. I was giving it stars at the end when the credits come yeah. up. On yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. So cheers for, cheers for being on the show. Uh, are there any questions that you that, <laughs> <laughs> that we should have asked you, do you think? No, I mean, I can't, I can't really think of anything more to add to what we've said. I mean, the, the, the I was, I was, as a, as an adaptation of the book, I thought it was definitely a, a good a- adaptation, but it's not up there with my like favorite adaptations of kids' books. Like, Where the Wild Things Are is much more in really? my heart uh, than this. Like, even though that, that film adapts uh, that story in a completely different direction. It's nothing like the book. And any any kid that reads that book, because I used to do work with the under fives, right. and it's not an under fives film where the, where the wild things are, even though it's an under fives book. But it really got to the heart and soul of that book in that film. Um, and I don't think that this book fully got to the heart and soul of The, the Little Prince for me, I guess. Cool. Well, if you want to remind us where we can... Uh, <laughs> find you uh, online and uh, where we can listen to your podcast so you can find the family tree which is a magical realist family drama at the family tree podcast.co.uk there you will find me which is uh, jen adamthwaite who is jen adamthwaite and <laughs> she likes grammar uh, <laughs> and me dave pickering uh you will find there too uh and I make a podcast called Getting Better Acquainted as well, which you can find at gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk. And I also am involved with Spark uh, London's True Storytelling, which is also a podcast that you can check out. Uh, I've got a podcast called Stand Up Tragedy. And I'll, I'll leave the listing of podcasts at that point. Uh, but check me out on davepickeringstoryteller.co.uk and you can find out more about me or just tweet me at goosefat101. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you very much, guys. Cheers, Thank you. Guys. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Well, guys, hope you enjoyed the chat there about Little Prince, the classic kid story made Netflix film. Thanks to Dave and Jen from the Family Tree podcast. Go and listen to their podcast. Go and listen to their show. It's fantastic. Of course, come and visit us. Go to us on iTunes, subscribe, review, share it with your friends. And if you want to find us online, you can do at Pod on Twitter and visit us on our website, flickswatcher.tv. Of course, big thanks to GL Productions, Tony and Jay and Greg for the amazing editing skills and to Mighty People for the tunes you can hear now. Now.